Welcome to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Tim speaking with Timon Davis, who's going to come on and talk about um, the work that she does at Peace Centered Wholeness with her husband. In addition, she's going to give her um, faith journey as a cradle Catholic. So thank you for coming on and sharing this information with us. You're most welcome. Yeah. In addition to her um, starting a nonprofit that focuses on spiritual and mental health counseling, um, she's also a professor at Loyola Chicago, Loyola University, Chicago. So uh, big thanks for um, contributing to education. <laughs> so let's get started with the faith journey. Um, you're a cradle Catholic. So tell us about your cradle Catholic upbringing. How was it growing up, middle life and led you to uh, now? I grew up um, in the Catholic church in Waukegan, Illinois, actually going to a white Catholic church. And um, my brothers and I and my mom were the only Catholics in our family. Um, my mother is actually a convert to Catholicism. And um, she raised us in the, in the Catholic church, but no one else in our family. Catholic. As typical to um, b Black mothers of the 60s and 70s, everybody in the house went to church, right, on Sunday. So, you know, it didn't matter whether or not um, you were Catholic or not, you were going to church. And I couldn't wait until I turned 18 to not have to go to church, right? Because I was like, this is so dull and boring. Um, because I remember that for me, the excitement was to be able to say the prayers with the priest because I knew them as well as he did. And so I was like, all right, well, let me say these prayers because you know, um, at least I won't be sleeping in, in church and I will say these prayers. I went to college at St. Louis University in St. Louis. Missouri. And um, I was like, now finally, I don't have to go to church. And I only went to church when I felt God needed to do something for me. Right. And so my relationship at the time with God was, you know, here's my list. And these are the things that you need to do. And um, I'm going to measure you and your greatness and your glory on how fast you attend to my list. And if you're not attending to my list, then there's no sense in me wasting my time. Well, you know, that kind of approach uh, is not a healthy approach. And of course, I can tell you that it does not help build your relationship with God because um, God doesn't perform for us like that. You know, God is not a stage show. But I didn't come to learn any of that until I was probably in my 30s. And um, I was trying to present a different way of being for my son, who was like four or five at the time. And, um, and, and you know, for anyone out there who knows toddlers, toddlers are uh, great mimics, right? So they, they mimic whatever it is that you're putting in front of them. And my son at the time 
was mimicking me. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't look good in toddler. And I really need to change my life. And so I, I went to a church that, um, well, I had put him in a Catholic school because of course, everyone knows that Catholic education is the best education. Even I knew that even though I wasn't a practicing Catholic. So I put him in a Catholic school and one of the things that were required is that you attend mass um, at least once a month at, uh, at the parish, at the school parish church, right? And I was like, whatever. And so I attended with the attitude of, am I gonna get a discount by uh, um, tuition if I'm showing up? If you're making me show up, then somewhere in there, I need to be getting something. And um, the pastor met me at the door. Welcome to St. Elizabeth. You are new here. Welcome. I was like, well, that was the first time I had ever stepped into a Catholic church. And the pastor knew who was a regular member and who was not. And that struck me as odd yet comforting right because i was like oh this is different and then of course he was at the door on the way out talking about don't you want uh, i'm glad you came you might want to uh come next week to the gospel uh service and i was like to the what gospel and he was like oh yeah we have a gospel mass where we're i was like who has a gospel mass in a catholic church are you kidding me and he was like are you gonna come sure i'm i'm gonna come and i don't know why i told him yes and i angst over that for six days um but i showed back up because i was like well i told him that i was gonna show up and so i kept showing up um and he was the type of pastor that would get you involved and I was just like, just leave me alone. I'm just trying to show up. If I could just show up, the, hey, I'm doing leaps and bounds. But he was like, no, you show up and you get active. And so he involved me in the Rite of Christian Initiation uh, for Adults, RCIA. Much to my, you know, disappointment that he talked me into that at first, because I was like, uh, I don't think I'm a good person to model what it means to enter the Catholic church when I'm just trying to show up. And um, he was like, oh, you're gonna be great. And I don't think I was for the first two years. I hated it. I didn't like the way he um, led the, the process and I started complaining and, and speaking out about it. And, and I said, well, if I'm gonna be helping you I need some sort of course that helps me do this. And he was like, you took theology in college. You got all of the theology that you need. I said, I took theology in college, which was about getting an A to boost up my GPA, not for retention. And I was like, there's got to be a class out here. And so he um, enrolled me in um, a master catechist course. And I... Um, have, have been hooked ever since, right? 
But that master catechist course led to getting a master's degree at Catholic Theological Union um, as an Augustus Toten pastoral ministry scholar. Um, and that experience led me to getting a doctorate, uh, a D-man. So you and your husband created Peace-Centered Wholeness. Uh, tell us a little bit about how did you guys create this ministry and what is some of the work that you do there? On the journey to the doctorate, um, I got married uh, again. And uh, my husband is a licensed clinical social worker. And we were, at the time, trying to figure out how could we start a business that would benefit or, or use, that seems like benefit, that would use both of our skill sets, right? This was also at a time where I had been downsized from the Archdiocese of Chicago. So I was like, well, I don't have a job and you don't have a job. We might as well make our own. Um, and that whole entrepreneurial spirit that I think is uh, coming back in the United States, um, particularly in um, um, amongst Black people. But we decided that a blend of clinical counseling and spiritual companioning would be the best use of our talents. That um, if I was journeying with people and I could recognize that they needed um, talk therapy, then I can move them over to him. And if he was doing the talk therapy and recognized that um, people might need um, a little more help in their spiritual journey, then he would move them over to me. And then sometimes we would um, meet with the people together, right? Um, and we thought that would be the, mo the most difficult endeavor to get started. You know, just people would be very apprehensive. It has turned out to not be the most difficult endeavor, but people are really searching for someone that they can speak to for their mental well-being and um, for their to, to help understand their journey um, with God. People are looking to have those conversations. And so um, that's where we are. So the start of the business, Peace-Centered Wholeness, I think we started that probably in like 2012. Here's the other thing that was happening. I started traveling around the country, I should say around the world, um, doing talks and workshops, seminars, keynotes and things like that. And we thought, well, we need to create a business or something that can, that can promote you doing that, but also that can channel the funds that come from that, right? So, um, that when people were seeking me out, they were seeking out not just Timon Davis, but um, a way of being, right? So this peace-centered 
wholeness is that at the center of our uh, journey or the quest in this journey is to have peace. And that that peace, which is Christ's peace, should bring us to wholeness. And, and so I wanted people to begin to understand that as they came to us, um, that we were going to help them on that particular journey. That it wasn't, you know, talk therapy just for the sake of talk therapy, but talk therapy that was going to help them um, move into a peaceful way of being, to begin to have um, wholeness in their life, right? To, to no longer live fractured. Because I think in a lot of ways, um, we, we compartmentalize to such an extent that we live fractured lives. And I really wanted to assist people in living a one life. Now, all of that comes out of the young adult work that I was doing at the time as well. That uh, part of what I wanted young adults to come to know was that they didn't have to live two lives. Like you don't have to live the I believe in God life and I wanna go party with my friends life. You know, they, they aren't, you know, two separate lives, but they're one. And each, each part informs the other that allows you to live more holistically versus living on the extremes of either one of those, right? So that, that was like the, the heart of this um, centered wholeness piece, right? That it's, it's like, how can I live one life? That thinking came out of a quest for me changing my life, right? And that when people started talking about me, like if you were to start talking about me, somebody else in a different group who was overhearing this conversation would know that you're talking about Timon, right? And you all may not know each other, but they just know, oh, you're talking about Timon Davis. What I didn't want for my life anymore were, were different groups of people talking about me and surprised by the things that they heard. Like, Timon Davis? No, you can't be talking about the same Timon Davis that I know, right? Because the Timon Davis I know does blah, 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 blah. And, and so then you have this fracturing. And what I was moving toward was, I really want to be this one individual that if anybody is ever talking about me, they would all know, oh, that's Timon Davis, right? And so that required a way of being, changing, adjusting, falling, stumbling, you know, that moved into the peace-centered wholeness bit. Okay, thank you for sharing that information. So your work at Loyola University Chicago and with Peace and Wholeness, how do you meet people with the teachings of the church 
when you engage with them, whether it be your students or like patients who come there? The Catholic faith is um, the lens in which I'm approaching the world. I don't require that anybody else be Catholic in order to interact with me, learn from me, um, for us to be in dialogue, but it does shape how I'm approaching things. And so I'm approaching things through the lens that we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And by just that, we are all worthy, right? Of God's love, God's um, care. And that we are then challenged to see God's likeness in the people that we meet, right? Well, just that part right there is just so hard to do. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, because people do things, say things um, that, that challenge us being able to see God in them. But here's the flip side of that. And so do we, right? So do, I, I, by my living, am challenging somebody to see God in me, right? That, that moment when I snap off or, you know, when I, you know, press on the horn way too long because you cut me off and I'm blasting my horn at you, yeah, you might be struggling to see that I made in the image and likeness of, of God. Um, so for me, that's the, that's the foundation on which I'm standing, right? The Catholic faith is the foundation on which I'm, I'm standing. Now this faith, is so flawed. There's so much that has happened. Um, but here's the beauty. We can continue to evolve, right? Continue to transform, to continue to um, move toward this kingdom of God. So, the faith, the Catholic faith, is the train that I'm on toward the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean to me, though, that it's the only train that someone could ride to get to the kingdom of God. So that if you're on a different train and we happen to get off the train for refreshment, I believe that we can dialogue about our journeys and learn from one another and find out that, oh, your, your train ride on this part was all through tunnels? Really? My train ride was you know, like through, you know, on top of the mountains, I was looking all that mountainside, right? That, that we can have conversation about this and then get back on our train. That, that when I get back on my train, I get back on my train with a deeper understanding 
of what it means to continue even though I might be in a tunnel. So I might be coming up on a tunnel. And so I've learned from someone else how to continue to move forward while I'm in the tunnel. Hopefully they've learned from me um, what does it mean when you're traveling, you know, um, around a mountain or something and what, it could, what the view is like. But not that we're judging um, the journeys or thinking one journey is better than the other. So in the classroom, I am always trying to unpack for people or help them unpack. Let me say it that way because I'm not unpacking it for them. We're each unpacking our own stuff, but I'm trying to bring them into an awareness of um, how each one of them is called to particular acts in their own circumstances, in their own life. So whatever subject that I'm teaching, I'm not interested in people just giving me back the stuff that I've lectured on or the things that I've presented. What I'm interested in is how do you take this information that I'm sharing with you and these readings that we are, are dissecting and help them to live in your context? Because that's really, for me, the um, what really matters with our education. How does my education help me live better, help me do better, help me recognize other people as human beings? Um, and so I am trying to do that um, with my students with um, a, a, through a particular lens. So for example, in this spring, um, I am facilitating a course called Doing liturgy in a racially violent America. And what I am trying to unpack for students is liturgy happens all around us. Liturgy is not confined to our Sunday Eucharist, but liturgy inhabits everything that we're doing that there are some rituals that we partake in and there are some uh, words that we say, some gestures that we do on a regular basis. And we need to understand that we are being shaped and shaping others by the liturgies that we participate in, right? So what I am hoping will happen at the end of this semester is that people will be able to look at the various things that play out in society as ways in which people are shaped. And, and if people are shaped in these manners, how do we then create new liturgies to reshape people in more holistic ways, right? versus the ways that some things are being shaped, right? So we're talking about a racially violent America. So how do we change that, right? Well, we have to change that by um, having liturgies that tell a different story. Um, 
so my faith is informing all of that, right? Um, what I believe about God and uh, who God is constantly being there for us, asking us to keep rising to the occasion that when we fall and when we're in the darkness that we trust that God is there and light is coming and that we can get up or that somebody else is coming to get us. I think sometimes we forget that God acts through other people. And that while we are trapped in the dark or whatever, and we can't see that our, our way out, that someone is coming to get us, that someone has reached a hand and that we trust that we need to grab that hand so that we can come on out. Um, and so this, this movement for me is about being in relationship. Do we understand that we each have a part to play? So I noticed that you are the treasurer for the Black Catholic Theological Symposium. Uh, for those who may be unfamiliar with this organization, tell us a little bit about what it is and how you got acquainted with this role. The Black Catholic Theological Symposium is an interdisciplinary um, uh, professional society um, for uh, people, Black people, who can have a place to um, share their scholarship and um, wrestle with uh, the things that are impacting Blacks and Catholic people. Um, I became a, a member when I started working on my doctorate. Um, so that would have been like probably 2010 or something like that. Um, and I became the treasurer of the organization when another person um, had to, what's his term up or he had to, he had to leave the position. I was kind of voted in. I've been the treasurer for a while now um, because I, I came in uh, thinking that for the organization to be viable, we got to have money and that people need to pay their dues. And I challenged people on that, you know, like, okay, hey, you need to pay your dues because we're trying to do various different things and you know we need the money and who's going to give us this money and um and tracking it in such a way that the membership was able to see the finances grow, right? And, um, and so I have the reputation within the organization now that when I'm talking about the money, I'm talking about the money, you know? And I like, yeah, you didn't pay your, you didn't pay your dues and I'm looking for you. Um, and, uh, and so they know that about me. But when I'm not focused on the, the treasury, um, I believe that the organization is one that allows for um, the lifting up of Black Catholic scholarship, right? Um, whether that's in the field of history or theology, sociology, anthropology, that it, this scholarship gets lifted up and we help one another, right? So I, I, 
as a person who is only seven years in the in the academy, there are people who have just retired. So by being in the organization, there's a mentoring and a witness that can happen within that uh, organization that ultimately benefits not only the individual members, but also the institutions that the members belong to. And um, it's a strengthening. Um, so unfortunately, we didn't meet in 2020. Um, a lot of people didn't meet around a lot of things in 2020. And so we'll see what, you know, 2021 is going to shape up uh, to be. So my last little fun question uh, that I like to ask is, you know, is who are some saints that you like? Or is there one saint that you really admire and how have they influenced you? Right now, I'm riding the Sister Thea Bowman wave right now. And she's not a, she's not a saint right now, but I've, I've read um, the book that um, Father Dr. Maurice Nutt wrote about her. And all I could see in that was a, a testimony of how you stand against adversity. How, how you trust that God is in you and that you can move forward with that trust and do some magnificent things, right? Um, I was, I am struck by her conversion to Catholicism as a child, you know, that, that, that she saw something in her uh, uh, education from the nuns that were teaching her that I didn't see, you know, as a cradle Catholic, right? That it's like, oh, she, she was able to see it and tap into it. And so that makes me, you know, wonder how can I help people see God, whatever it is that I'm doing, no matter what, um, so that th they can have their own uh, conversion, right? Um, there is so much that she's about. I'm actually, it's, fun, it's funny that we're talking about it. I'm, wor I'm working on another talk, but this is... Uh, a quote that I'll be using of hers, um, and it can kind of end where we are. And I quote, God's glory is revealed because we love one another across the barriers and boundaries of race, culture, and class, end quote. That is Sister Thea Bowman. And, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, um, being able to, embody that. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing this information today regarding your faith journey and talking a little bit about your work at Loyola University Chicago and uh, the work that you do at Peace Centered Wholeness. Um, that's going to conclude this episode of Saintly Witnesses. And you guys be sure to keep Dr. Timon Davis in your prayers and make sure that the work that she does at Loyola University Chicago and at Peace Centered Wholeness grows abundantly. Um, you guys can tune in next week for the next conversation on Saintly Witnesses. Mm -hmm.